You're listening to the Catholic Fragments Podcast, where we explore the treasures of Catholicism, the fullness of truth revealed in Jesus Christ and His Church. I'm your host, Dr. Donald Wallenfang, and I invite you to join me in gathering up the fragments of the truth that sets us free. pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. A reading from the Gospel according to St. Luke. Soon afterward, Jesus journeyed to a city called Nain, and his disciples and a large crowd accompanied him. As he drew near to the gate of the city, a man who had died was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. A large crowd from the city was with her. When the Lord saw her, he was moved with pity for her and said to her, Do not weep. He stepped forward and touched the coffin. At this the bearers halted, and he said, Young man, I tell you, arise. The dead man sat up and began to speak, and Jesus gave him to his mother. Fear seized them all, and they glorified God, exclaiming, A great prophet has arisen in our midst, and God has visited his people. This report about him spread through the whole of Judea and in all the surrounding region. Our Lady of Mount Carmel, pray for us. Saint Joseph, pray for us. Saint John the Baptist, pray for us. St. Clare of Assisi, pray for us. St. Francis of Assisi, pray for us. Blessed Solanus Casey, pray for us. All our guardian angels, pray for us. St. John Paul II, pray for us. St. Faustina Kowalska, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Well, welcome to another episode of the Catholic Fragments podcast. It's a great pleasure to devote today's podcast to the topic of divine mercy, especially as we see Pope Francis talking about it and thinking all the way back to March 13th, 2013, the day he was elected Pope, um, Cardinal Jorge Mario Bergoglio, and uh, who, who had been the Archbishop of Buenos Aires, Argentina, is a Jesuit. We think of St. Francis um, of Assisi, he, he took the name Francis, uh, but also as a Jesuit, we think of St. Ignatius of Loyola and that ability to see God in all things, and also kind of a Jesuit motto, cura personalis, care for the whole person. We think about the pontificate of Pope Francis, and it's really easy, I think, to identify mercy as the very posture of his pontificate. And hearing this message of the Gospel of St. Luke, uh, chapter 7, about Jesus resuscitating a young man back to life and giving him back to his widowed mother, um, in verse 
um, 13, we see that when the Lord saw uh, the widowed mother of the son who had died, he was moved with pity for her. And Pope Francis, in his book uh, called The Name of God is Mercy, it's a fantastic book. I highly recommend reading it. It's short but very potent. Um, Pope Francis writes that as Luke writes in the Gospel, when the Lord saw her, he was moved with pity for her. God incarnate let himself be moved by human wretchedness, by our need, by our suffering. The Greek verb used here by the evangelist indicates this compassion of God in Jesus. The Greek word is splanknisomai, which derives from the word that indicates the internal organs or the mother's womb. It is similar to the love of a father and mother who are profoundly moved by their own son. It is a visceral love. God loves us in this way with compassion and mercy. Jesus does not look at reality from the outside without letting himself be moved as if he were taking a picture. He lets himself get involved. This kind of compassion is needed today to conquer the globalization of indifference. This kind of regard is needed when we find ourselves in front of a poor person, an outcast, or a sinner. This is the compassion that nourishes the awareness that we too are sinners. And then in a general audience of October 16th, 2013, Pope Francis said, I insist on this missionary aspect because Christ invites all to go out and encounter others. He sends us, he asks us to move in order to spread the joy of the gospel. These things uh, we find very common in all that Pope Francis has to say in his audiences, in his papal writings, and how he lives, how he has lived uh, the past nine years uh, as the Pope. Um, so I just want to continue to reflect a bit on uh, this beautiful concept of divine mercy. It's just so vital for our lives of discipleship, this missionary way of following Christ and being church. Uh, and, I, and I just love it so much. And um, I just I just feel it's, it's a really timely topic. It's always a timely topic. And the beauty of this Catholic Fragments podcast is to be able to just grab this fragment or that fragment. And today I really felt moved to talk about mercy. I think all of us need to hear about this topic more and more for ourselves uh, and how we interpret ourselves and also and how we interpret the other person facing me. So um, we need to understand God's great love for us, how saturating it is, how, wow, that uh, as we read in the, in the prophet Isaiah, that as far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our sins from us. Uh, St. Bernard of Clairvaux expresses the essence of divine mercy in these words. It is true that the creature loves less than God, 
because she is less. But if she loves with her whole being, nothing is lacking where everything is given. Wow. When Pope Francis reflects on this mystery of divine mercy in his first apostolic exhortation of 2013, uh, Evangelii Gaudium, the joy of the gospel, he reflects along with St. Thomas Aquinas who positions mercy as uh, the mother of all virtues, really the highest of all virtues, because mercy fills in where the others go lacking. Very closely related to love, almost synonymous with love as, as it's being used theologically, mercy uh, is that which fills so that nothing is lacking, that which gives so that nothing is lacking. Pope Francis reflects back to uh, this episode when he was hearing confessions in a, in a church and an abuela um, and a grandmotherly woman came up to him for a confession and she said to him something very profound. She said, if the Lord did not forgive everything, our world would not exist. It is because of the extravagance and exorbitance of divine forgiveness that that is grace that nothing is lacking, that everything is made possible through God in whom all things are possible. Over his pontificate, Pope Francis never has tired of singing this refrain of mercy to the church, especially in proclaiming it back in 2015-2016 when he proclaimed an extraordinary jubilee year of mercy. Like Jesus, Pope Francis insists that the church does not exist to condemn people, but to bring about an encounter with the visceral love of God's mercy. He says, I often say that in order for this to happen, it is necessary to go out. To encounter the visceral love of God's mercy, the church must go out of itself. The self must go out of itself and route toward the other. A daily exodus must take place as the self evacuates itself in becoming responsible for the other over and over again. This is the universal summons of love and mercy. Love is attentive to the other, and mercy, we could say, is the inscape of empathy, to use that term of Gerard Manley Hopkins, uh, and also uh, taken up by 20th century British uh, mystic Carol Hauslander. Mercy, the inscape of empathy. Mercy signifies solicitude, an incessant visceral provocation by the boundless needs of the other person who faces me. And with his affinity for a culture of encounter, Pope Francis, like Christ, is to be regarded as um, a missionary shepherd. Using the word encounter nine times in a 2013 homily delivered to the Brazilian bishops, priests, religious, and seminarians, Pope Francis declared that we are called by God, called to proclaim the gospel, and called to promote the culture of encounter. Being with Christ, 
does not mean isolating ourselves from others. Rather, it is a being with in order to go forth and encounter others, encountering and welcoming everyone. Solidarity, a word that is being hidden by this culture as if it were a bad word. Solidarity and fraternity. These are what make our society truly human. Be servants of communion and of the culture of encounter. I would like you to be almost obsessed about this. Be so without being presumptuous, imposing quote-unquote our truths, but rather be guided by the humble yet joyful certainty of those who have been found, touched, and transformed by the truth who is Christ, ever to be proclaimed. God calls us by name and by surname, each one of us, to proclaim the gospel and to promote the culture of encounter with joy. These words of Pope Francis I find uh, so beautiful, so moving, and really um, emphasizing the missionary character of mercy once again, that it's humble, it's joyful, it rejoices in the truth, a truth that is meant to set everyone free. And uh, we could say the disciple of truth, who is the living word of God, Jesus Christ, is one who, like Jesus, wants to go out and find that forlorn sinner, uh, wants to go out and find the Zacchaeus, um, the Mary Magdalene, the Matthew. Pope Francis's papal motto is very interesting. He took from a homily of uh, Saint Bede the Venerable, uh, who was commenting on the calling of Saint Matthew. And the Latin phrase of Pope Francis's motto is miserando atque eligendo. And this means to be mercified and to be chosen. You know, to be shown mercy and to be chosen. Miserando atque eligendo. It signifies that it was not you who chose me, but I who chose you, Jesus says in the Gospel of St. John. Chapter 15, verse 16. God's mercy as a phenomenon crashes upon the human subject from without, even from a without within the self. Within the self is not simply the self. In the heart of the self is the holy other, God. God wants to take up residence in our souls that the Carmelite saints never, never tire of teaching us. In the case of mercy, the self does not choose or determine its phenomenon, but vice versa. To experience God's mercy is to surrender, to give in to the chase. St. Edith Stein says it this way, um, concerning grace or mercy of God, the person keeps himself on the higher level to a large extent by merely letting it happen, by not deliberately stopping it. Letting grace happen is the disposition of mercy. 
The essence of grace is not something that I can produce, but something that I first receive and then circulate. Wounds of the heart can be healed only if they are laid bare before the divine heart mender. I want to close this podcast um, thinking back to a high school English class when I was studying the work of Shakespeare, um, uh, the Merchant of Venice, to be exact. And um, there's some really famous words here of Shakespeare's Portia speaking to to Shylock. Shylock was a character that was struggling to understand the meaning of mercy. Uh, he, he understood justice very well and the demands of justice. And this is important. But there's something just about mercy. Uh, there's something just about giving the other the benefit of the doubt. Um, there's something just about um, not being fixated on scrupulosity. And as Jesus says, um, trying to strain out the gnat and yet swallow the camel. So I want to quote Shakespeare here to end and just say a couple more words about this and let us keep reflecting together about the most powerful call to be merciful. As Jesus says in the Beatitudes, um, blessed are the merciful for they will be shown mercy. And Jesus says again, the one who has been forgiven much loves much. The one who has encountered the radical mercy of the undying love of God knows how to be merciful. And it's true. If we're not merciful, then we, we create a culture uh, that's not able to say, I'm sorry, because they're not confident they would be forgiven. Uh, so we want to cultivate a culture of mercy, a culture in which each one of us can say, I'm sorry, a culture in which we can forgive each other 70 times 7, as Jesus says. So back to Shakespeare, what Portia has to say to Shylock in The Merchant of Venice. The quality of mercy is not strained, it droppeth as the gentle rain from heaven upon the place beneath. It is twice blessed. It blesseth him that gives and him that takes. Tis mightiest in the mightiest. It becomes the throned monarch better than his crown. His scepter shows the force of temporal power, the attribute to awe and majesty. Wherein doth sit the dread and fear of kings? But mercy is above this sceptred sway. It is enthroned in the hearts of kings. It is an attribute to God himself. And earthly power doth then show likest gods when mercy seasons justice. Therefore, Jew, though mercy, though justice be thy plea, Consider this, that in the course of justice, none of us 
should see salvation. We do pray for mercy, and that same prayer doth teach us all to render the deeds of mercy. As the very definition of eloquence, we could say, this Shakespearean passage indicates the graciousness of mercy that is never strained, is twice blessed, and is the might of mightiness. It is the divine attribute that makes salvation possible for all those, all of us, who are implicated in the compromise of justice, due both to natural weakness and finitude, and to voluntary transgression of justice's demands. Mercy, derived from the Latin word merces, which means the price to be paid for something, signifies that which is paid in remission of a debt owed. Mercy, therefore, signifies uh, this logic of the double negative in which a debt canceled is a credit earned. Suffering redeems suffering, and the transfer of gift supplies what is lacking in its recipient. So to conclude, again, throughout the course of his pontificate, Pope Francis has been calling the church back to its most foundational vocation to facilitate, to create an environment to, of encounter with God's mercy. This mercy happens to the measure that those involved in its circuit yield to the advent of its unpredictable encounter. It is a procedure that neither can be coerced nor contrived. It is an encounter, not with an idea, but with the incarnate person, Jesus Christ. It always brings something new on the scene, something transformed, transfigured, new life, an abundance of life, comes by way of mercy. So I thank you for joining me in these reflections today. Um, they come a lot from a, an essay I wrote uh, and published in a book entitled Pope Francis and the Event of Encounter uh, in the year 2017. Uh, co-edited with John Cavadini, who's the director of the McGrath Institute for Church Life at the University of Notre Dame. Uh, so I invite you to go to that book to read more about the pontificate of Pope Francis and this uh, posture of mercy that it has taken over the past nine years. Thank you again, and may we all work to be more merciful to ourselves and to the other person who faces us. Thank you for joining me on the Catholic Fragments podcast, where you are equipped to think toward the whole, to pray from the heart, and to live as a witness 